The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is up, hoop ball clipper nation? Brandon Marcus here. Glad to have you along, your humble host. As the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast rolls on, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Clips. Follow me on Twitter at BD Marcus. It's glad to have you along as the Los Angeles Clippers have started three and one. A very good start for LA, and obviously one that you would have expected for a team that's built around Kawhi Leonard, but not quite expected how they got to this point. Obviously, opening up with a win against the Lakers, and what was very impressive, no doubt about it. Completely shut down AD, completely shut down LeBron in the second half. Went on to win that game by 10, and Kawhi showed us how good he is. The defense showed us how good they are, and more importantly, the bench, obviously, we see is continuing to be important. Whereas, you know, during the playoffs, the bench is going to get shortened, and the bench doesn't have as big of an impact. During the regular season, I am convinced that this Clippers team is going to need to rely on their bench. And frankly, we saw in last night's game against Charlotte how the bench is a really important part of what the Clippers do. And if they don't do well, then all of a sudden the Clippers don't do well, which is very strange to see, but at the same time, not strange to see, considering the bench is going to play a handful of minutes. Most likely, you're going to start seeing reserves come in with five or six minutes left in the first quarter, and they'll stay on the floor until nine to seven minutes left in the second. And they're going to have to do something when they're on the floor or else you're going to fall behind. And in last night's game, the Clippers got some strong contributions from their starters. I thought Zoo was incredible. His defense was great, no doubt about it. Five blocks. A lot of talk about him after the game, about how good he can be. Kawhi Leonard saying how good he could possibly be if he just continues to do what he does. We got to remember that this is a guy that, sure, we've known for a couple of years, so maybe we think he's a little bit older and that he's already become the guy that he is going to be and will not improve, but that's actually not the case at all. He's only 22 years old, so this is somebody that has the ability to really improve being coached by one of the best coaches in the NBA in Doc Rivers and being alongside two guys in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George that are very good scorers. And what we've seen now from Kawhi is he's an incredible passer. There's no doubt that's been one of the main storylines in these first four games is Kawhi Leonard and his passing ability. This is a guy that all of a sudden has figured out that he can even take his name or he can take his game to another level. I mean, just look at what he's done in the past. And we know that initially he was this defensive whiz. He was great in San Diego State defensively. The offense was there. Wasn't incredible, no doubt, but it's it's gotten better wherever he's been. And so he started in San Antonio. He had a point guard in Tony Parker. Then he went over to Toronto. He had a point guard in Kyle Lowry. Now he comes to the Clippers, where his point guard is Patrick Beverly, who's not really your pass-first point guard. I mean, he's not somebody that's going to average seven points or seven assists per game, clearly. So now Kawhi knows that he needs to facilitate a little bit more, but the passes that he's making are just incredible. I mean, he put a ball, I believe, through three different people's legs yesterday to get it to Zoo underneath for the assist. And if he continues to show that vision, 
then just throw in Paul George to the mix, and you're going to have Kawhi not only finding guys like Zoo, but then he'll find shooters like Paul George. He'll find Lou Williams. He'll find Trez. Most of his assists, by the way, are coming to Trez. Clearly, this is someone that's taken his game to the next level and is making the Clippers even better than what we expected. Now, going back to where I started with the podcast and saying that's not what we thought, or not where we thought the Clippers would be based on the results. Well, what do I mean? Well, they opened up with a win against the Lakers. Then they went to the Warriors and just absolutely destroyed the Warriors, putting up 141 points on a team that we really don't know how good they're going to be. Clearly, they're not the same team without KD and without Clay. And Steph was not great. Landry Shamit was very good defensively. So that carried over from last year, which is very good to see. And then you go and lose to the Suns. And here's my issue with that loss. Because normally I would not have a huge problem with that loss after you beat the Lakers and you beat the Warriors. But that being said, Aiton is out and Ricky Rubio is out. So this is not a full strength Phoenix Suns team. So I understand you can go into that game thinking, hey, we can take it easy on them. We'll still get a victory despite the fact that we're on the road. But not only was Rubio out and Aiton was out, but this team played an overtime game in altitude the day before. So it's not just one thing with Aiden. It's another with Rubio and another with a back-to-back. So frankly, there was no excuse, in my, in my opinion, to lose that game. Really disappointing, frankly, to see them lose. I'm obviously thrilled that they're 3-1 and one to start. But for them to lose that game, that shows me that they're not taking that next, next step that we want to see. Obviously, there's plenty of time. There's no doubt of that. There's 82 games in a regular season. They don't have Paul George yet. Obviously, they put together very good games against the Lakers and the Warriors, and eventually, you're going to have these types of games. But for it to be against a Suns team that was shorthanded and that was in the back-to-back situation coming from altitude, I don't love that loss at all. I, I just don't. And here's my biggest issue with what I've seen from the Clippers and why that loss happened. Number one, rebounding continues to be key. I've talked about that the entire preseason. In that game against the Suns, they were out-rebounded 49-41. to You were out-rebounded against a team that is starting Dario Saric and Aaron Baines as their two bigs. Just not acceptable. It really is not. Aiton is out. You need to do better on the boards. The Clippers did not have a single player in double digits with boards. Dario Sarge had 10 for Phoenix. The Clippers got eight from Kawhi. They got seven from Trez and seven from Patrick Patterson and also seven from Patrick Beverly. Just, just got to do better. You've got to do better. And I think they will do better. I, I'm, I know they'll do better. But that game was very disappointing. Now, that being said, to bounce back, at home against a Charlotte team that you know is not very good, and to bounce back and win by 15, really liked that. I thought that showed a lot from the Clippers. I was very worried in that first half because they were showing tendencies from the game before against the Suns where the defense was not great. They were not communicating. They were not rotating. It seemed like they were taking some defensive plays off and allowing a lot of open shots. The issue right now is the perimeter defense. Because they're allowing a lot of good looks from three. Charlotte hit 14 threes in that game. That's a lot. The Clippers hit 12 in that same game on 33 shots. 
Charlotte took 39 threes, okay? So when you take 39 threes and you make 14 of them, that's 36%. That's not bad at all. Now, that being said, I thought that the second half was much better because you just have to look at the numbers and 20 points in the third, 22 in the fourth. Their defense was figured out. I thought they put a lot more energy into the defensive end. And frankly, for this Clippers team, right now without Paul George, you obviously have good scorers in Kawhi and in Lou Williams. And you have other guys that are going to contribute, like Shamit. You're going to have Trez contribute, Patrick Patterson, Zoo, Beverly, etc. But when you don't have a ton of go-to scorers apart from Kawhi, and you're a team that hustles and tries hard, you need to make sure the defense is good every night. The shots aren't going to fall every night. There's no doubt about that. The shots will not fall. Kawhi is going to have a game where he shoots 3 of 15. Hopefully not very often, and hopefully it may not even happen, but more than likely he's going to. But can he help out in the defensive end and get a couple of steals, and those steals can lead to assists because he finds the open man going up ahead? Absolutely. So you have to be good defensively every single night. And this Clippers team, obviously it's hard. Defense sucks, man. It it really, if you're a basketball player, not many players love playing defense. The Clippers happen to have a lot of them in Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Landry Shaman, I think enjoys playing defense. These guys do enjoy getting steals and they enjoy stopping opponents. Everyone gets the glitz and glamour from your offense. I mean, it's as simple as that. You really get that high, as J.J. Redick would call it, from that three-pointer going in. You're not going to get as big of a high from a steal. It just doesn't happen for everybody. But if you play hard defensively, you're going to get wins. It really is that simple. Now, last night's game, Kawhi Leonard, 30 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, three blocks in 30 minutes. Really enjoy the fact that Doc is making sure that Kawhi is able to play in every game by not playing a ton of minutes. And this was something that I thought might happen. And I mentioned it coming into this season that with Paul George out, I would have been very surprised to see Kawhi get load managed and miss games. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Kawhi seems like he's healthy. He seems like he wants to play. And in that Golden State game, I don't think he played more than 20 minutes because it was such a blowout. And you have that luxury. And that's what I mean by coming out with intensity to start. Because if you do that, and if you're the Clippers and you build a 20 to 25 point lead against bad teams like Phoenix that you really should have built that big lead against, then you have the ability to sit Kawhi and give him a rest in game. Whereas you don't need to sit him for a full game against another team. Because if you sit him against a team at home, let's say you send them against New Orleans. They're obviously without Zion. They're without Drew Holiday at the moment. You don't know if you're going to win that game. But if you have the ability to keep Kawhi fresh by not playing him a ton of minutes, and he's able to play 25 minutes in that game, you have a much better chance of getting that victory. It really is that simple. So I really do enjoy the fact that they're doing a good job with Kawhi in his minutes. I think when Paul George comes back, I think you're going to see them sit a couple of games. It's very possible that Paul George is the one that's getting managed more than Kawhi once PG comes back. It really is possible. If Kawhi feels healthy and he's not playing a ton of minutes, very possible that PG is the one that sits more. 
We'll obviously have to see. I mean, there really is no idea of what's going to happen. We don't know. PG is supposed to come back in uh, maybe seven games, six games. They keep saying around 10. We'll see where that actually happens. Meanwhile, before I get fired, bye, Dan. Got to make sure I give you these outstanding reads. Don't forget, this podcast, like all our shows, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check out their website at hawaiianisles.com or or on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or on Twitter at High Kona Coffee. And also, check out mybookie.ag. Sign up using the code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y, and MyBookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. Lots of podcasts that we obviously have going on here at Hoopball. Lots of team podcasts. You got the Lakers podcast, you got the Pelicans podcast. You're listening to this one because you enjoy the Los Angeles Clippers, as do I. And we appreciate you enjoying this podcast. Do me a favor, though. If you get a chance, and obviously, if you get a moment, if you're bored, if you're on your phone, you're watching TV, do me a favor. Go to the iTunes store, find the podcast, give us a five-star rating, leave us a review, hopefully a good one. And it does help us out a lot because the more people that give us those five stars and that end up leaving the reviews, the higher we go up on the podcast, the more people can find us, and everybody enjoys the Hoop All Clippers podcast. I really do hope you're enjoying it. I thought we've had a ton of guests that have been really good so far, ranging from broadcasters to newspaper writers to online content providers. Tried to give you as much as possible early on. There will obviously be some of just me throughout this entire season for many reasons. Number one, everyone's not available all the time. Number two, going to try and make sure that we get two podcasts out per week. And in order to do that, it would drive someone like me crazy trying to find a guest every single week, two or three times a week. It's going to be tough because everyone's not going to be available. And frankly, we're just going to go through everybody and they're not going to want to come on if they come on too often. Some people love doing it, by the way. I think Justin's going to be a guy that we're going to have on a lot. LA Clippers film. He enjoys doing this. He does a great job. I enjoy talking to him. So let me know. Who do you want to have on? You obviously are someone that enjoys the Clippers. You enjoy basketball. You follow people on Twitter. You read a lot of articles. Hit me up at BDMarcus, M-A-R-C-U-S, and let me know who you want to have on. And I'll try and reach out to them and have them on the podcast because frankly, I don't want you to have to listen to me all the time. I want you to listen to who you want to listen to apart from me. Who else do you want to hear from? Let me know and we'll try and get somebody on. Now, obviously I've talked about the games against the Hornets and the Suns. Those are the two most recent games. What's coming up for the Clippers? All right, here's where we are. A back-to-back, the first back-to-back. And I mentioned, I gave this whole diatribe on Kawhi and him being load-managed. This is our first example of a time where it might happen. Tomorrow at Utah, Thursday at home against San Antonio. Is Kawhi going to play both games? I'm going to tell you that I think he does. I think it's very possible. Now, how many minutes is he going to play in both games? Good question. At Utah, it's going to be a competitive game. Coming from altitude back home, just like the Suns did where they went to altitude and then came back home and beat the Clippers, I think it's a lot easier than starting at home and then going to altitude. I think it's easier to end up back home on a back-to-back. 
the Clippers are going to play Utah and San Antonio on a Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday and Saturday, they'll have off before they face Utah again. And then don't forget that right after Utah, Monday, Tuesday, another two days off before Milwaukee. That's why I think it's very possible Kawhi plays both games. Do think it's possible he only plays about 25 minutes in one of them. Which one? Don't know. That's why it's really important for the Clippers to get off to a good start at Utah. Utah has not impressed that much early on. Rudy Gobert has been very good on the boards. Not somebody that's killing on the offensive end, though. Donovan Mitchell has been good. Mike Conley has been dreadful. He's going to hit it at some point. He's going to start hitting his shots. But as of now, Mike Conley has been horrendous. Bad. B-A-D. Really, really bad. Very good ball player. But he's clearly having a tough time adjusting to Utah. And now he's starting to press. And he's playing against, playing with guys like Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Gobert. It's a good team. No doubt it's a good team. Everyone's talking about Utah's bench. I don't think they have that good of a bench. After Ed Davis, not much impresses me. This is the game where the Clippers need to have their bench produce. Lou Williams needs to be a spark. The Clippers cannot be selfish on the offensive end. Move the ball. Get Mo Harkless involved. Jermichael Green continues to hit threes. You continue to get him open looks. Do that again. Jermichael Green, Mo Harkless, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams. You have very good pieces coming off the bench. Use them. Run Utah off the floor. You have the players to do it. We'll obviously see if Kawhi Leonard maybe guards Donovan Mitchell for a little bit. Not sure if that'll happen, but... That being said, you really need to have a good game against Utah. I think if you come out hard, your energy is high. It's going to be tough in altitude. But if your energy is high and you play hard and you rely on your defense, I think you'll have a very good chance against Utah. We're going to come back after those two games, Wednesday and Thursday, Utah and San Antonio. We'll have Friday and Saturday, obviously. And I'll probably record either Friday or Saturday. It kind of depends what's going on and who we're able to book as a guest. But before that game against Utah at home, we'll have a podcast for you again. One more just thing to let you know about. Hoopball has a full season membership. It's called Game Time Premium. It is for sale now. Get access to six live video Q&A shows every week where Hoopball's best analysts answer questions specific to your team. You can ask them if you want to start or sit somebody, if you should add somebody off the waiver wire. Really, a lot of good things you can do there. And frankly, They're going to answer all of them. So go ahead, sign up, enjoy premium articles and tools like a streaming grid, a weekly schedule, projections, dynasty info, betting, and DFS selections, and much, much more. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the premium tab on the top nav bar. Make sure to use the coupon code DOC, D-O-C, when you're checking out to save $3.50. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. A nice little rundown of what has happened so far. The Clippers start off 3-1. Schedule is going to get tougher at Utah versus San Antonio versus Utah versus Milwaukee versus Portland versus Toronto at Houston at New Orleans. The next three, four, five, six, seven, eight games will show a lot. It also will show nothing in that Paul George needs to come back and we'll find out where the Clippers really are. But the Clippers are three and one right now, eight more games. If you can go six and two, hell, if you can go five and three. With these games, I'll take it. I'll be very happy if you go 5-3 and three over these next eight, even though 
You have a bunch of them at home, five of the eight are at home. San Antonio, Utah, Milwaukee, Portland, Toronto, still tough opponents. So until next time, I'm Brandon. Hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoopball Clips. Follow me on Twitter at BD Marcus. This has been another Hoopball presentation. Until next time, enjoy the rest of the week and enjoy these two games. Hopefully we get a couple of Clippers wins. Bye, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.